somewhere. But anyway, we know what the announcements are. I, I'm assuming that uh, Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. is Bible study. Amen. And you're at chapter 35. Five, 35. 35. Okay. And then uh, Wednesday evening is prayer meeting. And uh, I've asked uh, Dr. Daniel Thomas to lead prayer meeting for us. And, uh, Daniel Daniel does a uh, Bible study on on uh, is it Facebook or some kind of social media? It's online. It's yes, on, online with young people. Good. So uh, I, I'm I'm proud of it. Amen. Amen. I sure am. Because I'll tell you what, when I was his age, I wouldn't have done that for anything. I may argue with somebody just for the sake of arguing, but uh, Daniel is coming right along. And I'm uh, sorry to say, Richie, you did a good job. It might have been Sarah. I think Sarah was. Sarah's probably more responsible for that. <laughs> but, but anyway, come out and, and uh, back him up. Let him know you prayed for him. All right. Uh, this is not the last Sunday of the month, is it? Nope. All right. Next, uh, first, first Sunday night in September, we will be hosting the. Uh, Inspiration. I don't know how much longer it's going to be before Pearson and Emporia <coughs> gets back in the cycle. But uh, anyway, until they do, we're still going to have it and enjoy it. And uh, so that'll give you two weeks to figure out what you're going to fix to bring it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle? Yep. Um, I talked to you this morning about Kaylin church in California. Uh -huh. They went to church today. Kaylin texted me before church that they're fining them $5,000 a day until they close their church. And they always said that you reminded them of their pastor. So anyway, I told her, she sent me her address because I just told her that I would send them something, even if it's something little. But if we all don't stand together, then $5,000 a day. So Every day that she had said, uh, she said $5,000 a day. Yeah. And I hope that our federal government will step in and say you're not going to be Yeah, Donald, Donald Trump said that that wasn't right. He wasn't going to put up with that. Yeah. Churches were essential. Right. And if they could have abortion clinics open, they could have churches open. Right. This, this is getting a little yeah. risky. Well, their pastor Real. said that, you know, this is more serious now because now they're messing with God's right. church. Right. So. Yeah. Michelle, they're threatening to charge them five thousand. Are they no. going? They're to? going to. They already, they already put a note on their church door to cease and to cease and desist and. 
So they were not supposed to have services today, and they, they did anyway. So then they came back and said that we are now going to fine you $5,000 a day. Every day you hold a service. Well, I don't know. Well, that John McCarthy, he's already got a small service. I'm sorry, service. Well, have them outside. Have them in a different building. Say, well, we thank you for your donation. Mail it to I don't think they California's very, very... Christians better wake up and go to the polls and not vote. Amen. And vote. That's right. Keep Trump in there. We ain't seen nothing yet. If Biden gets in there, folks, it's going to be all over. Yeah, I know. As far as we're concerned. Yeah. Well, I was telling Richard earlier, you know, that this term that he finishes up may be the last Trump. Well, that's right. Uh, I was told of that a long time ago. Yes, sir. But he's the only president that we've had that has stood up and used the Lord's name unashamedly. And I, he, he's, uh, he's got a rough mouth, but uh, like somebody said, we didn't call a pastor, we called yeah. president. Right. And uh, right. Has to be he stands with Israel, you know, too. But, and I believe the man is saved, but I got saved you know, when uh, you be saved around that. one time when people use that kind of language for 50 years and then they get saved, it takes them a while. Yeah. To, uh, he gets better. The Spirit of the Wild to clean his house. God can use a jackass. He can sure use a drone. All right, and, and uh, I don't have my list, but if you know of anybody that needs to be added to the list other than that church, and I'm sure that if they're out of that church, they may be oh. some more. Oh, yeah, yeah. It has to be. I just can't. Oh, yeah. Well, they, uh, well, they did to start with, yeah. but then they, the federal government stepped in and said, no, you're not going to do that. So they're, they're open, but a lot of people are scared to death. No, they still do like we do and, and have a church, but anybody wants to come, they can. Brother Hired, uh, yes, in North Carolina, we had, they told us we had to stop having church. Mm -hmm. And this went on and, and everybody quit having church. And uh, in two weeks, 200 Baptist preachers got together and sued the state of North Carolina. Yeah. And they dropped everything and said, you do what you want to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Supposed to be I heard that some right? state yeah. where they Pastor Howard, if it looks like they're going to sure enough find that church up there, you reckon maybe we could look at talking about sending a little something to help them anyway, even if it ain't a lot? Well, we, we can keep it in the back of our mind and see what, see what happens. See what they're going to do. But, uh, Hopefully it's just a bluff. And it's got to but be I more than just that one church. And, and they do that church you're talking about uh, I can never think of the guy's first name. I think it's is it Jack Jack Triber or Trebar yes. or something like North that. North Valley. He's a he's a very conservative he is. Uh, independent fundamental. So that tells me that he got a little bit of fire in him. And I'm not sure that he's going to just sit back and say, Okay, we'll pay the fine. I d I don't think he's gonna do that. Mm -hmm. in California. But if they if they need help, 
getting a lawyer, we'll, we'll think about that. I heard the story of a little farmer once that he had a cow that just before he would finish milking, that cow would kick the bucket. <laughs> and uh, one day he got up and he was speaking with an accent, and I can't do that, but he said, I brought you here, and he said, you kicked the bucket several times and I did nothing. He said, you slapped me in the face with your tail, and I've done nothing. But he said, if you do it one more time, he said, I got a brother that's a Baptist preacher and he'll beat the fire out of you. <laughs> Father, once again, we are assembled here with our brothers and sisters, our, our friends, our church families, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you once again for this privilege, and Lord, we thank you for the country that we live in, who has, uh, in the Constitution, guaranteed us freedom of worship that the government will make no laws or no rules uh, prohibiting that exercise of our freedom. And Father, we, we do pray for this situation in California. Lord, we don't know who that governor is, but uh, we, we do know that the Holy Spirit could bring conviction to his heart and he could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved and turn from his wicked ways. And Lord, we know that this pastor that we were talking about, Brother Trubert, we if that's the way you say his name, we know that he's just a man that would do it. So Father, we pray for them. We pray for your uh, hand of protection uh, that you would hedge them about uh, with your, your protection and keep them in business, in the business of spreading and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray for the churches in this state that may uh, be suffering in some way or set back in some way. We, we just pray that uh, you would set us on fire uh, with the gospel and that we would spread it 
and Father, Amen. that you would open doors for us and give us the strength and the courage to go through those doors. We pray for all the people who are on the prayer list and the ones that we added this morning. Pray for Miss Pat, that uh, Pat Bennett and Pat Dale, that you would be with them, help them to recuperate. And uh, Father, we pray that whatever this problem is that Pat Bennett's having with her heart, we pray that you would touch and heal her. Then, Lord, we uh, we just look forward to the time when that trumpet does sound Amen. and you call us out of this old sinful world. And Father, we can go to heaven and be with those, uh, meet once again with our friends and our families that have gone on before us and, uh, where there will be no more sickness, and no sorrow, no death, no lawlessness. Father, just the thrill of seeing our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a day that's going to be. Lord, that uh, when, when sin is done away with and when sickness is done away with, where there's no more pain and where God Himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes. Father, we just thank You. We know that that's going to happen. We just don't know when. But, Father, we pray with John, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Father, be with us now as we finish the uh, song service and turn it over to Brother Richie. We pray that you'd be with him as he speaks to us tonight. Fill his heart with the Holy Spirit, and may everything that he says and do, does uh, be in accordance to your will. Bring honor and glory to your name. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, I can remember when I could get down there and just jump my I saw that kid. There wasn't them two little fellows yeah, there. Yeah. I don't know they which were. one it was, but one of them has a good voice. Uh, or it may have been both of them. I don't know. But when he left the stage, he just jumped down <laughs> and, and ran. I thought to myself, I, I used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic. Uh, All right, number 227. 227. <laughs>
I was not. Right. We were waiting for you to sing. What did you, oh, you didn't take your, no, the acoustics in here are beautiful, so it's a good place to practice. You know, so. <laughs> All right, come on up. Come on you want me to, to, to sing, or what do you want me to do? I thought you said you were going to sing. No, I'm going to. But whatever, whatever you want. I'll tell, you, well, I'll tell you what, since I'm up here. You brought the sax. That's all right. I'll, I will play the sax. Um, but Miss uh, Barber can play with me because I don't know yet. <laughs> you can play with me too, Rob. I'm pretty sure. It isn't. I, I can play Amazing Grace on. I just don't think it'd be in the right key for Barbara. I think uh, uh, she would have to play too many sharps or something in there. Uh, I tell you what, let's do. Uh, let's do In the Garden. Uh, it's the same key it's written in. And uh, A flat. Give me a second. Thank you. 
that will wind up the song service. Richard, we will move that over. Good to see a lot of people out tonight, but the the house is leaning a little bit. Am I all right, Daniel? Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. That's right. That's right. My side is slacking. Um, Sarah got called into work tonight, so she had to. Uh, matter of fact, I went out to Amos and and uh, Kay's, and when I got back, she was already at work, so I didn't get to see her after church. So I'm pretty sad. But she'll be home when I get home, hopefully, unless somebody else comes in. If you have your Bibles tonight, please turn to Matthew chapter 21. We're going to go over some scripture that you've heard many, many, many times. You've probably read it many times. You've probably heard so many sermons off from this, these verses that we're going to read that you're probably sick of hearing it. But that's too bad because I've got, I got another one for you tonight. Um, and I'll tell you the title of what I named it here in a little bit, but... We're going to read from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. So read with me. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say, Ought not you, ought unto you, Ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. And this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put, put on them their clothes, and they set them thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, the son of David, the son to David, excuse me, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temples and overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what they say? And Jesus said unto the, saith unto them, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfect praise? And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany and lodged there. All right. Praise God for his word. Praise God for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the cornerstone. Here we, we're going to go over this, uh, 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 these verses. I'm going to try to expound upon them a little bit and hopefully make sense of this message that the Lord has put on my heart. Um, and I'm not going to give you the title of the message until I get to the, 
to the hook here, okay? But here we got Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem, and he's fulfilling the prophecy. Jesus rides into the city on an ass and a colt, fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. Uh, specifically, Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon the colt of the foal of an ass. I underscored that, and having salvation, which is key. And a great multitude is seen here. A great multitude is celebrating his entry into the city. They're spreading out their garments in the way. They're cutting down branches and placing them in the way for Jesus to cross over. And all of them are crying out, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, the word Hosanna, and this is something I always was intrigued on. Uh, I like looking up words and finding out the roots and everything on this. And this is a Hebrew word that's a transliteration of two words. Uh, the two words make up Yasha and Anna. Uh, the first word, Yasha, means to save or to deliver or to bring about salvation. And the second part of the word, Anna, means please or I beseech thee. Therefore, if you think about the multitude that are screaming Hosanna as Jesus is coming in, what they're actually saying is, please save us. Please bring salvation. And that brings a whole new meaning to the scripture to me. Because... They know, without a shadow of a doubt, who Jesus is. They see Jesus riding in. They've heard about him. Stories are all over the place about Jesus of Nazareth and, and what he has done, all the miracles that he has worked. And they see him riding in. And they're screaming, Hosanna, save us. Please save us. It's an interesting point because that's exactly what Jesus came to do. That's exactly what Jesus was riding into the city to do and knowing what he was there to do. Even before the garden, even before the prayer, he knew what he was there to do. Jesus came to bring salvation. He came to bring salvation for who? For all. For everybody. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name shall be what? Shall be saved. That's right. And uh, some people were like, well, he was there to save the Jews. Yes, he was, to the Jews first, and also the Gentile, right? That's right, because it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Christ, for it is the power of God unto what? Salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 16. I'm underscoring unto salvation. Salvation is key. Jesus was fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. The multitude were rejoicing. The king was riding in. The king cometh. That's who the Jews were looking for. They were looking for the king, right? This majestic king. And they're supposed to know the scripture. They're supposed to know the scripture of how it was taught and read in the temple. Surely they know that the king's coming on an ass. But you have the multitude out there, Hosanna. Some of them knew. A lot of them knew. The multitude that was waving at him and throwing down their garments and, and the palm branches, they knew. And he was bringing salvation just like Zechariah had prophesied. 
just like the multitude were shouting, Hosanna. He was bringing salvation. Jesus was replying to the world at that moment. When they're saying, Hosanna, He's saying, I am. They're saying, Hosanna, please save us. Please bring salvation, Jesus. And He's saying, I am. Can't you see me? Blessed is He that cometh in the name of the Lord. He's telling them, I'm bringing salvation to you. Just believe in me and on my name. Like I said, the multitude certainly knew Jesus, who He was, and what He was delivering. But the Pharisees, the elders, the priests, the scribes, they did not. Or if they did, they were very, very worried about who He said He was. Because Jesus was bringing the truth into a world of lies. You know, we talk about Matthew 7 all the time. We brought it up this morning in, in, uh, in Sunday school. Um, and I just had a discussion with somebody this week about Matthew 7. And who was he talking to? He was talking to the Pharisees. He was telling them, hey, by the manner in which you judge is how you're going to be judged, Right? Jesus was face to face with the Pharisee a lot. He was talking to these, these chief priests, these scribes. He was talking to these people a lot because he's trying to tell them, hey, what God has ordained for you to do, you're not really doing. You're not obeying the law. You're abusing your, your office. You're abusing your people. They were oppressed before by others. Now they're oppressed by you. Jesus brought the truth to them. The Pharisees and the hierarchy of the religious sects of the Jews, they manipulated the people. I want you to listen closely. They, it's kind of a governmental thing. They manipulated the people. They judged while doing what they were doing, while they were doing what they were judging you not to do. They were reaping the benefits of their positions while oppressing their people according to the law. I look around in America in 2020 and I see a lot of Pharisee going on. I see a lot of it. The Pharisees here, they see the wondrous works of Jesus. They see them. They know that they're there. Some of the hierarchy was very in all of him. Nicodemus went to him. He knew who Jesus was. Surely you must be of God. He's welcomed and celebrated by the masses. They see this. He's, he's doing miracles and they're told throughout the land. He heals the sick, the lame, raises the dead and causes the blind to see. And let me tell you, in 2020, Jesus Christ is still doing it today. He's still healing the sick and the lame. He's raising the dead. If you don't believe that, anybody who is born again has been raised already. He's raising the dead today. He's causing the blind that are walking in the world blindly to see again. Jesus is still doing what he came to do. When he was going into the city, everybody knew it then. Everybody should know it today. But the Jewish leaders then couldn't see it. And they, where they could see it, they just couldn't have it. And I'm telling you right now, there are some leaders in our country that see the goodness of God the goodness of Jesus Christ and His church and what the church can do for someone, what Jesus Christ can do through the church. 
and it scares them. They're not going to have it. So we just talked about, we prayed for one church. See, they want to close the churches. They want to close the doors. Tell you can't worship God. You can't go and sing in your church. We'll let you assemble, but you can't sing praises to God. We don't want to let you go into the church and assemble freely, peaceably assemble, which the Constitution says you have the right to do, but we will let somebody peaceably assemble outside and burn the Bible and the American flag in the street and celebrate it. It's a sad, sad mockery. America should be ashamed of themselves. I'm ashamed of America for us, for us all. This is not the country that I grew up in. It's not the country that I love. So they want to take this away. In Jesus' time, in this scripture that we just read, Jesus coming into the city presents a problem. He presents a problem to their style of leadership, as does the church present a problem to the style of leadership that we see wanting to be pushed in America today, socialism. The church stands in the way of that. The church, I'm going to tell you right now, is the last line of defense against socialism. You better stand up. Jesus presented a problem to the church leaders then, or I almost say church or the temple leaders then. We present a problem to our government today. Jesus presents a problem to our government today. Those that do not believe and will not stand up for him. They say, do as I say, not as I do. And that's what they were saying then. What is good for me is good for me. That's right. And that's what the Pharisees were saying. Same issues that, that Jesus faced and that the people faced in Jesus' time are the same issues that we're facing today in America. They may have been escalated, maybe on a different uh, scale, but they're the same issues. And what did Jesus do then is the same thing he does today. Jesus gives hope to his people. He was certainly given hope as he's riding into Jerusalem. They're shouting, Hosanna, please save us, Jesus. Please save us. And he brought the truth in a world of lies to the Pharisees and the, and the scribes, the chief priests, the people that are, are holding people accountable according to the law, yet they're doing whatever they feel like. Yes, the governors. And that prevents a problem to the leadership to, that want to rule over them and today that want to rule over you. Because they don't want you to live in harmony with Christ. They want you to live in obedience to them. While they destroy, Jesus saves. Period. Today, we should be singing, Hosanna. Jesus, save us. Because you know what? He's already saved us. You and me, the believer. But we have a country. We have brothers and sisters out in the street that don't know Christ. We have brothers and sisters, uh, uh, as far as Americans, that we see daily that don't know Christ or have turned their eyes away from Christ and we should be telling them Jesus saves Jesus saves Brother Howard was giving his sermon and he said Jesus saves I could just see him out on the street doing that Jesus saves 
And tomorrow, if you're driving down 17, you might be hearing me on the corner screaming it. They questioned Jesus. Here in the scripture, they questioned Jesus. It says, hearest thou what they say, Jesus? Hearest thou what they say? Do you hear what the people are shouting, Jesus? They're shouting, Hosanna, save us like you can save them. Do you hear that? And Jesus responds, he responds, and he's actually calling back to a psalm, and it's a prophetic psalm. He says, Yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfect, uh, perfect praise? Now listen, this is from uh, Psalm 8-2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thy mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Who's going to steal the enemy and the avenger? Christ, the Holy Spirit. God Almighty is going to steal the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes. The children are saying, Hosanna, save us. That's right. Who are we but Jesus' children? Who are we but God's children? Out of the mouth of babes. So how is that psalm really, uh, it's a psalm of David, but how is it a prophecy? How is it prophetic? Because God ordained strength for all who are shouting Hosanna because of the enemies of God, and he stilled the enemy and the avenger by the sacrifice of Jesus. He stilled the enemy, Satan himself, when Jesus died on the cross. When he laid down his life, when he bled and shed his blood for you and me, he overcame. And by your faith in him, You've overcome the enemy. You've stilled the enemy. But yet there still should be people out there that know Hosanna. Jesus saves. But let me tell you this. We talk about salvation, right? Because that's what saving is. The saving grace of God by faith in Jesus Christ is salvation. But salvation begins with obedience. Obedience. The free gift of eternal life by the grace of God uh, we see in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So where does this obedience come in if it's a free gift of God? Well, it comes in faith. That's where your obedience comes in. Faith. Faith in Jesus. It says it right there. For by grace are ye saved through faith. God, is, God provides the, the, the grace. You have to provide the faith. Do you believe? That's up to you. God provided salvation through Jesus, but only you can receive it by faith. And it isn't just handed to those who believe not. Look at John. We like to quote John 3.16, but you go two verses down. John 3.18 says, He that believeth... On him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Period. So if you don't believe in Christ Jesus, you should be shouting, Save us, Jesus! If you don't believe that he saves, and that he could save your soul, if you don't believe that, you're condemned already. God did all the work. He provided all the love, all the mercy, and all the grace. All you have to do is provide the faith, which is the easiest thing in the world to do. Belief. But yet, 
It seems like it's the hardest thing for a lot of people to do. You must be obedient to the Holy Spirit when He calls on you. And He's calling you and directing you in your walk each and every day. But here's the thing. I want to get to the point. The message is called, The Disciples Went and Did. Okay? Before all of this happened, before Jesus ever makes his triumphant entry into the city, and before anybody's yelling Hosanna, and before anybody's laying down the palms, and anybody's laying down their garments, before any of that happens, and before Jesus comes in, and before he gives his life for you and me, before he does all that, he tells two disciples to go do something. He says, go I want you to go to the, the city that's nearby, the town nearby, and I want you to get the ass and her colt that's tied up. And if anybody says anything, just tell them the Lord needs them, they're going to give them to you. So he tells them to do that. And what does the verse say here? Very simple, ten words. Verse six, and the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. The disciples went and did we talked a couple of weeks ago in Bible uh, a Bible class in Sunday school what the difference between an apostle and a disciple is. What's an apostle? Somebody who's physically seen the resurrected Jesus, right? What's a disciple? A follower of Jesus, correct? The disciples in Jesus' day went and did. What should disciples today be doing? Going and doing. And what should we be going and doing? What Jesus commanded us to do. The disciples went and did. Even though Jesus brought salvation through the sacrifice of his life, the disciples, his followers, were obedient in order to usher his mighty entrance. Jesus tells two of his disciples, go retrieve this ass and her colt in, in this village. Don't worry about what they're going to say to you. Just tell them the Lord needs them. They're going to give them to you. Don't worry about it. Bring them to me. And they went and did. Jesus was preparing for his triumphant entry into Jerusalem to lay down his life for you and for me to answer their praise of Hosanna. To answer your and my praise of Hosanna. Jesus, save us. And all because two disciples went and did. So that the prophecy could be fulfilled. It had to be fulfilled. It wouldn't have made sense if he didn't fulfill prophecy in order to do it. And now today Jesus is telling you to go and do what I'm asking you. They went and did. They went and did everything Jesus told them. And it was done exactly as Jesus told them it would be. They retrieved the animals. They brought them to Jesus. And Jesus was brought in. The king came in meek. Sitting on the ass in a colt, the foal of an ass. Just as the scripture said, just as the prophecy said it would happen. Because people went and did. Now i got a question for you. Have we gone and done? Have we gone and done everything that Jesus has asked us to do? I know the answer to the question. The disciples went and did all that Jesus commanded them. Have we gone and done all that Jesus commanded us to do? And some people could say, well, I don't really know what Jesus is has commanded us. Well, you need to get into Scripture. You need to read the Bible. You need to understand. Look, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right here. Jesus is right here. 
find out what he's telling you to do. It's plain. It's in black and white. Some of you might even have red letter edition. It's very simple to read. It's not hard. Brother Howard was talking about it this morning. You know, people will, will I think it was Brother Howard, was talking about putting, putting the Bible. It's too hard, so they put it down. I can't understand it. Oh, yeah, it was the dung bell. Remember the dung bell? Yeah. A lot of dung bells going off for people that don't want to read the Bible. We should be shouting Hosanna today to everybody out in the street. You know why? Because Jesus saves, and Jesus can save them. He's the only one who can save them. Don't believe that lie that the world's trying to tell you. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So we should be going and doing all that Jesus directed us to do. So what did he direct us to do? Yeah, we're getting to that. The, the disciples prepared for the triumphant entry into the city, correct? What do you think the disciples today should be preparing for? How about preparing for him to come back and call us home? They prepared for him to go into the city to lay down his life. We should be preparing for him to come back and call us home. Period. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, it may be just around the corner, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Corinthians 15.52 Listen to this. Jesus said these things in Mark 16.15 And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's a command that Jesus told us to do. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, you know, I know a lot of people that... Well, I don't know a lot of people, but I know some people that have said, you know, I would go to Kenya or I would go to to Belarus or I would go here I would go there and preach the gospel you're not even preaching the gospel in your street yeah you're not even telling your neighbor about it how are you going to go would it be easier if you, get, if you got a passport and jumped on a plane and went and did missionary work would it be easier because they know you're there to preach the gospel there's the key the people in your street should know you're there to preach the gospel they should know who you are we shouldn't be hiding Jesus said this, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. There's one of those one another's. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciple, if you love one another. John 13, 34, 35. Then Mark 12, 30, 31. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, y'all know this, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Love the Lord with everything you got, with all that you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. And let me just throw this other one out there because it's kind of important. Preach the gospel. Go, stand, and speak. So have we gone and done? Have, are we truly going and doing, or are we just spinning our wheels? You know, I used to have a hamster. <laughs> when I was a kid, it died. I choked it or something. Not sure what happened, but poor hamster. Her name was Ginger. She was cute. But anyway, she was running. She'd run for like hours on this wheel and go nowhere. Just running on this wheel. And sometimes I think that's what we're doing. 
We're just running on this wheel. We're not really going anywhere. We're not doing anything. Don't be like Ginger. She choked to death. Don't, don't do that. Alright? Go out. Preach the gospel. Remember, the disciples went and did all. All. That's what the scripture says. All that Jesus commanded. We should be doing all that Jesus commanded. Not just some of what Jesus commanded. Not just the things we like to do. Not just the things we're good at. I'm going to tell you this. When, when God called me to preach, when he said, Hey, you, I think you... He didn't say I think. He's telling me, you are going to go preach. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You're crazy. Uh, he said, you're going to go... It was out of my comfort zone. Look, I could talk to anybody. But I'm going to tell you this. Y'all may not know this. I'm not a real big people person. Um, I'm more like Travis than he probably thinks. I, when I'm in a crowd, I can mingle, I can talk, I can, I can joke around. But honestly, I get nervous when I'm around a lot of people. I don't like it. I like to be hidden, you know, and, and left alone. So this is a little bit out of my comfort zone. When God told me to do it, I wrestled. I was just talking to Amos and Kay about it today. I wrestled with him. Just like, oh, Jacob. I wrestled. And now i got a bad hip, so there you go. Yeah, that's right. Don't wrestle with God. He didn't change my name yet, but i got a new name written down, okay? But let me tell you something. you got to do what God tells you to do. That's my whole point in this, is that when, when, when he was telling me, he was moving me by the power of the Holy Spirit, moving me in, in the not the greatest locations that you would think God would be talking to you. But he called me out of there. And then when I thought, I, I even tried to let God off the hook. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll mention it to Howard. And if, if, he, if he doesn't respond favorably, I'll just say, all right, God, then you know I just did what I said I was going to do. So that's, that was kind of one of those, what, if you do this, then I will do this. We, we see that in Genesis. Remember, we, we study in Genesis. We, Jacob did that. If you do this, Lord, then you will be my God. And I, he was already my God, but I'm like, well, if, 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 if I'll go to Howard, and if Howard says this, then I'll know. And when I first mentioned it to him, and, you know, I thought after that little conversation little thing, the little tweets back and forth, not tweets, but whatever that is, messenger back and forth, I'm like, see, God, I, I told him, crickets. I'm like, see, I asked. I, I'm done with it. I'm off the hook. And then on Thursday... And I'm ding. You preach Sunday night? No. It's that's right. It's but you answer. You do what God tells you to do. Wouldn't it be nice if all his disciples today, all the followers, all the people who say they follow Jesus, wouldn't it be nice that if we went and did all that He commanded us to do? Look, I'm I, growing in Christ is a daily walk. Be better today than you were yesterday. Be better tomorrow than you were today. Get down on your knees. Pour your heart out to Him. Thank Him for blessing you. Thank Him for all, all the provisions that He's provided in your life. Thank Him for His grace, His mercy, His love. Thank Him for all that you have and all that you're going to have because you're going to glory. You know, and Brother Howard, or it might have been Chris talking about we don't have a mansion. I've got one, and it's up there. He's prepared a place for us. And where he is, we are going. And I'm looking so forward to it. As a matter of fact, I'm looking so forward to it that I pray daily, even so, come Lord Jesus. 
the world's wa waxing worse and worse. And Chris has hit, you know, hit the nail on the head today at Sunday school. What are we doing? Are we resting, just waiting for him? Are we just going to sit back? And I made a joke about it last week, you know, eating a bowl of Cheetos. Are we just going to chill out until Jesus comes? Or are we going to go and do? I don't know about you, but I want to go and do. And I don't care what the world says. Um, the more and more I studied the Bible, you know, when I first was studying the Bible, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm seeing all these stories about the people that were following Jesus, and they were getting put in prison, and they were doing this, and I'm like, well, that doesn't happen. Hey, we live in America, blah, blah, blah. And then 2020 hit, and I'm like, it might happen. But if it does, I'm fine with it. I've learned how to sing a little bit. Brother Howard's taught me a little. I can't do four-part harmony, but I could pull off something. And if I sing loud enough, maybe them jail cells will break open. We don't know. <laughs> they, might, they might throw me out. My point is this. We need to go and do. The, the disciples went and did. And Jesus made his triumphant in entry into the city. Maybe if we went and did all that Jesus commanded us to do, he'd make his triumphant return. And we can go home. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. All right, that's my message tonight. Let's go and do. I'm going to ask uh, my favorite Bubba if he will dismiss us in prayer, please. Yes. Dear Lord, we're very thankful to have another opportunity to be in your house tonight, Lord. We're thankful that we have a church that, Lord, is uh, willing to stand up and preach the word, Lord. We pray tonight for these churches that uh, in California and other places, Lord, that are being persecuted, Lord, and your word said to be in season and out of season. The government's trying to say it's out of season, but we know you're saying it's not out of season. It's in season, and it's even more in season now than ever before. Lord, we pray for them out there and all the other parts of the country that, or the world that may be persecuted now. Lord, help us, Lord, to cry out to you. And, Lord, we know that you will hear our prayers. Go with us now, Lord, and help us, Lord, to seek out those that are lost and to stay focused on you and your word. We thank you for this other opportunity to be here tonight. We ask you to bless each and every one that's here. And it's in Jesus